0: Hi, and welcome to Social Work Journeys, a podcast brought to you by the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research at Bryn Mawr College. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am Mary Florence Sullivan, your host. Social Work Journeys was created to showcase the amazing work of our incredible community. We feature conversations with GSSWSR students, alums, faculty, and staff where we talk about their journeys through social work and all the peaks and valleys they've traversed along the way. We hope Social Work Journeys gives you some insight into the many pathways a career in social work can present and will help answer some questions that might come up as we explore the world together. Today, we will be joined by three of our faculty members here at the School of Social Work, Dr. Natalia Gusak, Dr. Carrie Lee, and Dr. Rachel Speer. They discuss their journeys through the social work world and their scholarly interests in trauma and trauma-informed social work. I'm so excited and honored to be joined by Natalia Gusak, who, as I mentioned in the intro, is a faculty member here at the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research. Dr. Gusak is a visiting scholar from Ukraine and has done a lot of research similar to Dr. Lee and Dr. Speer in the area of trauma. And we're so excited to have her on the podcast today to talk about her research and talk about her journey that brought her to the graduate school. So welcome, Dr. Kusak. Thank you for being here. Um, Could you please start off, I know I gave a brief introduction already, but could you please start off by introducing yourself to us, maybe your name, your pronouns, and a few things about your
1: interests and maybe yourself, if there's anything that you want to add. Yeah, thank you. I'm so happy to be here, this school, and I'm grateful for inviting me for this podcast to to share, you know, my experience and uh, what brings me to... Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research. I'm Dr. Natalia Grusak. I'm Ukrainian and uh, I'm a social worker by training, by soul, and uh, she, her, my pronouns. And uh, I was always interested in community-based services for vulnerable population in low- and middle-income countries. So it's like a big area around all my different (laughs) interests and about all these different vulnerable groups that I'm working with. And um, I'm a practitioner, so I like practice. But right now, I'm more focused on, on research and um, macro social work mm-hmm. internationally. So it's mm-hmm. um, my experience for the last maybe ten years. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I know Dean
0: Shapiro always talks about this idea of the practitioner scholar, and it sounds kind of that's that's kind of where you are now with being a practitioner. And I love that you said that you're a social worker in your soul too. That's great. I love that. Cause I know a lot of us mm-hmm. feel that way and also you bring that into your research. So thank you so much for that. Can you speak a little bit about your social work journey or the journey that brought you to the Oh,
1: there are two parts of yeah. <laughs> this journey. And- <laughs> it's always interesting. I believe for all social workers, because mm-hmm. we all have our background and experience yeah. something related to social work. Honestly, I, um, my parents expected that I would be a lawyer wow. <laughs> for years, but I never regret that I choose to be a social worker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I graduated from bachelor and master program mm-hmm. in Ukraine social work. It mm-hmm. was relatively new profession at that time, and you know nobody knows what yeah. we uh, will actually do in sure. social work yeah. in that area. Uh, but our uh, I started working as a practitioner with victims of human trafficking. Mm-hmm. It was like teen, teenagers mm-hmm. and adolescents, and uh, it brought uh, blow my mind about yeah. you know about the services and the, I think that starting from that time, I was always thinking about developing uh, accessible services sure. in the community yeah. for different yeah. vulnerable yeah. population. But then my journey, you know, changed direction several times. Uh, I started like as a practitioner, then I continued like as a researcher for our Ministry of Social mm-hmm. Policy and mm-hmm. fam- Family and Child Development. Then I came back to academia to my alma uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh, I changed several positions in academia, and even I was a dean for five years. So, but that's not my piece of cake. <laughs> I was always in, in research and. Uh, Field practice, yeah. And, um, that's how you know, and and what brings me to Mawr yeah. The other story and other journey. Uh, the war in Ukraine started in 2014, and I realized that uh, in our school of social work at that time I was a dean. We have nothing to respond to the needs of vulnerable population affected mm. by war, mm. and we start uh, talking and doing research about you know military social yeah. work. And uh, it brings me to this international military social work, uh, work community, and most uh, people uh, there are from United States. Mm. And one of them was yeah, Professor Emeritus Jim James Martin. Yeah, of course. yeah. So this was my connection to Brinmore. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> honestly, we meet um, once uh, every three months yeah. together. And during one of this meeting, we discussed we, we discussed the war and. I shared my experience that I was displaced at the time. Oh, my gosh. gosh. That's how it brings me six months to come here. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's an incredible story. Wow. So it's been six months since... You met Jim Martin. And, no, no, no. Oh, six, uh, six months since, since the, the full invasion started in 2020 until you came yeah. here. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I met him in 2018, I believe. Okay, yeah. okay. As part of the yeah. group. And we were working for this years together. Okay,
0: I understand. Oh, so six months until you throughout the invasion until you came here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, what an incredible story. And I think it's also telling that we're almost up to the year anniversary of the invasion right now, so that we're having this conversation during that time, just to kind of honor that, because I'm also thinking about that.
1: Yeah, I think long. it's scheduled on uh, February 27th, right. it'll be online. So
0: right. yeah, oh, it's going to be, oh, the, the conversation, that's right, yeah. that's happening online. Thank you for reminding us about that, because I will put that in the notes as well afterwards, that people mm-hmm. can, can can look at that when they're listening to this. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, And and we're so grateful to have your experience here and your expertise and just the rich experience that you're bringing from all of the work that you've done to share with us um, as the GSSW is our community and our students. If you could talk based on your background and the work that you've done a little bit about what trauma-informed social work means to you. The, it's a big question. question, I know. There's a lot yeah. of directions.
1: It's a, it's a question for one separate course. Yeah, classes, of, of course, that, right? yeah. Yeah, but uh, for me, trauma informed social work is on. Um, there are so much around this topic, so much discussion, but mm-hmm. for me, it just shifts uh, uh, shift the focus from what's wrong with the person mm-hmm. to focus mm-hmm. what's happened to them to understand. First, people's behavior, you know, their feelings, their emotions, and understand their journey. Yeah. Because everyone has a unique journey, and we never know how affected they were yeah. during their journey. And that can explain, uh, you know, a lot of stuff happened in, the, in, in their life, yeah. and their behavior. And for us, like, for professionals, for social workers, it's always, like, you know, focus on individual, not mm-hmm. like a group of people. I mean, year, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we always, you know, focus on that. And you know, um, I can uh, share one story from my yeah. professional experience working with uh, uh, mm, females who were sexually exploited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a young professional at the time, and I remember uh, I, it was in a detention center. They mm-hmm. were staying there for three months, mm-hmm. and this was in Ukraine. Right? Yeah, it okay. was in Ukraine, and uh, uh, it was really. Um, you know, harmful experience, and um, I remember I asked one of them about her dream, sure. And she told me, You know, I'm gonna be around my 80, uh, 18 years mm-hmm. because I can earn more money as an mm-hmm. adult mm-hmm. providing sexual uh, services mm-hmm. for adults. Mm-hmm. And it was like, from, from my perspective, I've never been thinking about this, mm-hmm. but that's how trauma. Informed uh, uh, social work, yeah. works you know, from her perspective, she had that experience, really traumatic experience yeah. during the years, and her dreams were just only about the about the. It was around her experience, mm-hmm. yeah, very yeah, true. So, yeah. yeah, that's why you know, trauma informed social work is really important for all professionals mm-hmm. providing services and vulnerable and working with vulnerable population. And the second, you know, experience I had, it was also working with victims of human trafficking, and mm-hmm. it was um, about children. And I remember I read a letter from this um, 13 years old girl to her pimp for the fa- mm-hmm. for her father's day. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, connected she was with him, she had experience, and she was trying to be like a good kind of daughter sure. for him yeah. because of her experience. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's, again, how it's trauma, yeah, social work, yeah. No, I think that's a great explanation of just, and just and just an
0: insight into social work and also specifically trauma informed is really focusing on an individual, like you said, but in the context of their experience, their life experience, and their community and their collective. So really taking the focus away from just that single person and where they are, and bringing it to the entire kind of universe surrounding them, whether it's their, as I said, life experience, their story, or other people that they've been connected to and interacted with. So I really, yeah, that's a great way of thinking about it. And
1: yeah, but I think it's not only about individuals, yeah. it's also about uh, community sure. about families and uh, right now we can talk about you know about this intergenerational yeah. trauma through years yeah. and understand this family experience and community experience what it brings. Yeah. And not in like
0: you said not even yeah, families and also just community collectively whether it's okay. community experiencing war or disaster or violence or a community-based identity experiencing racism or violence and all of these Absolutely. different pieces. Yeah. So I think what you're saying about bringing it kind of from a really narrow focus out to a wider lens is really important for thinking about the way being informed or being centered around trauma and, and thinking about social work. Could you, so I know you talked a little bit about the research that you've done, the work that you've done. Could you share a little more about your research and maybe what
1: you're currently working on right now? Um I'm always interested in different topics. Yeah. Different of population. course. So I will share right now just only projects I'm working on this time. Sounds, Sounds good. Uh, yeah. First of them, it's about perinatal mental health mm-hmm. and the impact of perinatal mental health on child development mm-hmm. through ages. So and um, um, my specific focus is on this one thousand and one critical days because it's crucial for child development. Mm. And uh, I did research in Ukraine about prenatal mental health, and now I'm working on papers. Uh, the second, uh, oh, it's additional part of yeah, this research. Okay, yeah. I'm working with uh, um, Professor Cindy Susan mm-hmm. here on mothering during bio, uh, political violence mm. and uh, displacement. Mm-hmm. And we'll focus uh, specifically on displaced Ukrainian uh, women with children mm-hmm. and uh, how they cope with uh, the stress, mm-hmm. about, their, um, about their you know mothering and, yeah. and um, we'll focus also about their mental health and I think it will help like always for me, all the studies is in order to develop better community sure. response yeah. than needs. Um, one more topic we are working with Cindy, uh, Professor Cindy Sousa and Professor uh, James Martin mm-hmm. is about supporting Ukrainian social workers yes, experience yeah. uh, war and trauma by themselves. Yeah. So we provided a series of webinars for two groups. It was uh, we developed seven uh, topics and seven webinars for them. And we were talking about different aspects of providing service during ongoing war and experienced trauma by themselves. So, it's one more project, research project. And uh, also, we started working with uh, uh, Professor Tamara Moss mm-hmm. on um, identification victims of human trafficking mm-hmm. and the uh, exploitation in healthcare. Uh, facilities mm-hmm. and the other is about disaster and you know uh, psychosocial support yeah. during disaster. Yeah. So, all this different, yeah. but it's, it's specifically focused on community based mental health yeah. and community based services for vulnerable populations. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: It's all very, like you said, it's all kind of very connected and all branching off of one another. And that idea of really looking at the community as affected by trauma in, in different ways, um, but through different lenses and different angles and with different groups. So that's really fascinating. Um, so I guess since this is a, a mini episode, like I said um, at the beginning, if we were so excited to have you also teaching the Trauma-Informed Social Work course this summer, um, and, and just generally as a faculty member here at the school, if you could just share a piece of advice you have for social workers or social work students who are interested in healing centered or trauma centered, trauma informed social work, or or as you as you said, community based responses. Is that what that's how you yeah, for to mental health needs for vulnerable populations. If you could just share a piece of advice that you have for social workers in this field, in this area, or for or for social work students, or both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. What I've learned from my experience one of the most central, you know, concept is to be ethically responsible. It means to to get new knowledge about these topics, to be responsible, providing services, you know, get supervision and take care about themselves. Only, you know, really good social workers can provide good services. And it means this ethical responsibility to be responsible for this. If you're not, you know, now, if we not study enough, we will not have you know this supervision and help from our yeah. colleagues and support. And if we not take care about ourselves, we, yeah. don't, we cannot be like good social workers, yeah. especially in this specific area. That's you know, so like, true, yeah. yeah. And I love
0: that you tied it to ethics because if you want to be an there's so much that goes into ethics. But as you said, taking care of yourself and one another is part of being an ethical social worker and part of working in this field. I love that you said that. Anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't gotten to cover yet or talk about? Anything coming to mind?
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking that, you know, I'm really happy to be here in in this school of social work because it's an option and possibility to, you know, to combine all this. Teaching, uh, research, and you know this network, and I love colleagues working. Yeah, India, so, like so great to hear
0: that because we're so grateful to have you, and so grateful, so grateful for all the incredible faculty um, that we get to work with and collaborate with, and we're so lucky and so grateful to have you. And I know that you have to finish up now because. As as we were just talking about before we started, um, there will be a teach-in this afternoon where you will be speaking on a panel. So, unfortunately, by the time this airs, people it will it will have passed. But we can share information about about what it is um, on main campus. But thank you so much, Dr. Gusak, for joining me. It's wonderful to have you.
1: Yeah, thank
0: you very much. Thank you, Martin. Take care. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I am currently joined by Dr. Carrie Lee, faculty member here at the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research. And as I said in the introduction, we are so thrilled that you are joining us to talk about your journey into social work and also specifically trauma-informed social work and your social work research. But before we get into that, I know I just gave a little brief introduction about your work, but if you could please introduce yourself, maybe your name, pronouns, and just like a couple of words about your interests, your social work interests, or anything that interests you, and a couple of words about yourself. So thank you for being here.
2: Thank you for having me. So I am Carrie Lee, and I use she, her, hers pronoun. And, um, as you mentioned, I'm a assistant professor and my, what do I love to do? I love teaching. I love research, but in my spare time, I love traveling. Um, so that's pretty much it about me. Um, in terms of my research, it is pretty broad, but it focuses a lot on trauma, right? Uh, and specifically trauma and violence to be exact, um, specifically related to intimate partner violence, with a focus on Black individuals, and I also do a lot of research around Aces or child and child maltreatment, as well as maternal and child health and substance use and mental health. So my research is really expansive, uh, but I think it it zone the the common thread throughout all of that is just a focus on trauma. Um, which I really, really enjoy um, doing. Thank you
0: so much for that. And I'm really excited, especially given your incredible experience, to get more into what trauma-informed social work means to you. But before we get there, I know so many times on this podcast, I've talked to people about their social work journeys. And sometimes, more often than not, those journeys can be really nonlinear. They kind of take a lot of different directions before bringing someone to the work that they're doing now. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your own social work journey, and maybe even ultimately what brought you into social work, and then how you got here to the Graduate School of Social Work and Social Research.
2: That's a great question, Mary. So my social work journey, as you mentioned, was not linear at all. Um, I spend the bulk of my former life, as I like to call it, in the financial sector, Um, and it was through doing a lot of volunteer work that I became interested in social work, and I was like, okay, so because it's one of these things where you're in the financial sector, you're climbing the ladder, but it just, things just felt mundane, like you're doing the same thing over and over. Yes, you're meeting different clients and all of that, but the, the fun for me was gone because I was doing it for a minute. Um, so through my volunteer work, I began to fall in love with social work. At that time, I didn't have a lot of knowledge about social work as a lot of people don't, right? For me, I was thinking narrow in terms of, oh yeah, I would just see clients and that would be it, right? So I decided to take a one-year per course to decide if this is really something for me, where I could see myself doing this for the long haul. I did that, and I really, really enjoyed it. And then I went on to get my master's um, in social work. And, um, you know, I moved up to PhD. And I think the, the core part of it for me was, one, just through my volunteer work, but also just from a societal level, seeing a lot of social issues that for me, I couldn't quite understand. Um, And I think a lot of individuals tend to think, oh, you know, people are just inherently bad. And I think for me, embarking on this one-year course in social work, and then my master's, it, it triggered so many emotions for me in the sense that I became even more curious, you know, like why do people do the things they do? What are some of the factors that contribute to it? Is it that they're bad as we always like to think? Um, And I think the core part of that was especially around um, intimate partner violence and child abuse, right? Um, And I think growing up in the Caribbean, it's, it's interesting because there are still things that are cultural norms, right? Corporal punishment being one of them. Uh, so I wanted to better understand why is it that people do the things that they do, right? Feels like a, I'm becoming a sociologist of sorts, but I feel like this is a beautiful thing about social work. We delve into so many different disciplines um, so I did that, and then I was even more curious, so the researcher in me started coming out, like, I really want to understand this more. So I went on did my PhD, but prior to that, my master's thesis looked at the intergenerational transmission of violence, and that was almost like the fuel for me to go get my my PhD to do more research around this thing so i did my phd at university of maryland and <clears throat> you know as i was coming up on my uh the completion of my phd i was talking with a few of my mentors around okay what do i do where do i go you know should i go into industry or should i go into academia and that was something that i was struggling with a little bit uh because going in industry would mean I would be doing other people's research, right? And I didn't want to do that. So what I did, I gave myself a year. So I embarked on a postdoc, which was an amazing experience, um, where I managed a National Institute funded uh, study that looked at the impact of trauma beginning in the prenatal period on um, children's outcome, So, one of the cool things about our project is we recruited moms while they were pregnant. um, And, um, you know, we gave them, we did a bunch of different assessments. And then, once their babies were born, we actually, once they consented, of course, um, we did MRI scans on their brains. And that was just so interesting. But again, that was just a, a feasibility study at the time to really embark on a larger multi-site um, study. So right now I think there is there are 30 sites that they're doing this uh, research on. And this was just so interesting for me because I got to see uh, like a front row seat to seeing how, you know, just the impact of trauma, the impact of substance use uh, um, during pregnancy, the impact of poverty, like all of those things. Um, So that was pretty much it. I did that postdoc for a year, and then I was like, okay, I think I want to go in academia. Um, And as I was looking at the various jobs that were coming out through CSWE's website, I saw Bryn Mawr, and I think what drew me to it is the focus on trauma-informed uh, social work. And I was like, okay, I think this would be a good landing spot for me because of my focus on trauma in all different um, areas. So that's been my journey. Lots of twists and turns, but here I am.
0: Thank you so much for sharing, and I appreciated so much of what you said, especially about how... You really changed careers because you felt like there was something um, that you were looking for that was a little bit different than what what you were doing. And I think a lot of our students, I've worked with a lot of students and have been in classes with students who are career changers. So it's always really wonderful to hear about people's journeys, especially from a a former profession or a profession that was totally feels totally different than social work. So, thank you for sharing that. And I also really appreciate what you shared about the, your kind of building curiosity throughout the volunteer world work that you did and then into the master's program, and how just that continuous, sustained curiosity really drove you more into the PhD program and to, to graduate and then ultimately do the postdoc and then come here to the graduate school. So You talked a little bit about wanting to come to the graduate school because of our focus as an institution on trauma-informed social work. So that brings me very nicely to our next question, which is what does trauma-informed social work mean to you? I know we have a lot. I feel like it's a a thing that comes up a lot in school and in classes and in other just social work conversations where we sometimes all have different meanings to what that that is or how that feels, trauma-informed social work. And at the same time, they're all kind of connected by a a deeper understanding of trauma. So if you could please share what trauma-informed social work means to you as someone whose research and work has been really centered on trauma. Mm -hmm.
2: Thank you, Mary. I think just thinking about what we do as social workers, right? we provide services to uh, clients. And I think just thinking about being trauma informed in the broad sense, it is being aware, right, of the fact that most of the clients that we see, or even taking it outside of the clients that we work with, individuals that we are familiar with, right, families, friends, coworkers, classmates, we all have experienced some kind of trauma, right? It could be, um, you experience a a car accident, right? That could be traumatic for for someone. But I think the core part of it is recognizing that uh, trauma is not only experienced by individuals, right? So when we think about trauma, we think about, oh, this person experienced this thing that was considered traumatic for them. But going beyond that to recognize that organizations can be traumatized. Right, communities can be traumatized. And when we're thinking about communities, we're not only thinking about a geographical space, right? We're thinking about how do we what do we mean by communities? It could be a racial or ethnic community, right? It could be communities in different uh settings. So to me, trauma informed social work is just really being in tune and aware of the fact that. Uh, Trauma is everywhere, right? Individuals, communities, organizations experience trauma, and it is our responsibility as social workers to really approach how we work in every sense of the word with individuals while recognizing the impact of trauma and also just thinking about how this affects how an individual might respond right so the experiences that they have the impact or the effect that that might have on them but also how does this play out across the long run so uh trauma-informed social work really is about that level of awareness and being in tuned and also um operating from a place of empathy and sympathy to me, that's what uh, trauma-informed social work is. And it's not nicely wrapped in a bow because it's, it's not a nicely packaged thing.
0: Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And I also love also what you said about just how it can exist on different levels. So there's kind of individual, and there might be an identity, racial, or ethnic group that's experiencing or organizational trauma that people are experiencing. And I know... A lot of times when working with students or working with other social workers, of being a trauma-informed social worker, it also means approaching the work in, at every level, like you said, with this mindset, whether it's how you check in with somebody during your conversation or how you maybe approach checking in on your colleagues after a particular experience. So I really, I love, what, I love that you brought in this piece about trauma-informed social work. Not wanting to pathologize, and also simultaneously fi- sitting in that tension of bringing it into every aspect of, of the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I know, and that um, in that sense, you're you're doing a lot of um, work with the trauma informed social work courses, and and, and teaching those courses. Um, what do you want students to know, or what's a what what is a good takeaway for students about the trauma informed social work course, or that you'd want students to know about before taking the course just something kind of that you feel is important to really connect to learning about trauma-informed social work in the classroom I guess because it can be hard to as as we were just talking about it's not something that's very neat and tied up nicely It, it can be complicated and messy and layered so how does that come across to maybe um what something you want students to know
2: about it in the classroom experience and I think that is it yeah. <laughs> it can be complicated. It can be messy. It's, yeah. it's not a case where you, if when you get to the point of taking a trauma informed social work course or the one offered at um, the GSSWSR, it's not where you're coming in and we're saying, oh, if a client experiences this type of trauma, this is what you do. Right. It's not prescriptive like that. Yeah. It will, as I said, it all, there can be 10 individuals who have experienced the same trauma they will all respond differently your intervention with that client will be completely might be completely different for every single one of them mm-hmm. because we respond to trauma in different ways mm-hmm. so taking this course you're not going to come up with oh yes i know exactly what intervention i should use um, if a client experiences, for example, violence in their families, mm-hmm. right? So I think that is a key takeaway. It, tra- trauma on a whole, it's messy. It's not neatly packaged. Coming to this class, the goal is really for you to learn about what it really means to be trauma-informed or to practice uh, from a trauma-informed perspective, right? While taking into consideration um safety right it could be yeah. physical safety it could be psychological safety just safety as a whole but also developing that level of trust with your client mm-hmm. um so these are some of the things that we talk about throughout the course just like the different types of trauma uh, um, the different ways that individuals respond to trauma Right. Um, So we really go deep into the neurobiology of trauma, Mm. um, which is really, really cool and interesting. But then we also move beyond the micro part of it, looking at trauma in terms of at the community level. And again, when I say community, I'm not only thinking about the physical space of community, right? Um, So I think that's the main thing, just coming and recognizing that You might think you know everything there is to know about trauma, Mm -hmm. but you will learn some things. Even if you've read a few of the articles or you've taken a trauma-informed social work course before, you're guaranteed to learn something new.
0: Right. Thank you. That's that's a wonderful piece of advice for students in general, in addition to students who are wanting to go into trauma-informed social work, just that... That messiness, that multi-layeredness, and that complexity, the deep complexity that goes with trauma on all its all its levels. So as we wrap up this mini interview, um, I again really appreciate your time and joining me. What is a piece of advice that, as somebody who's been through social work school, um, who's been a social worker, what is a piece of advice that you have for social work students, or what is something that you wish someone told you on your journey? that has kind of brought brought you to where you are today,
2: I guess? Um. Wow, that's a
0: <laughs> great
2: question. That's a
0: good, and it could be something as small as a study tip or a self-care tip or as big as a yeah. piece of advice that you remember.
2: <laughs> I think for me it is um, – and this is something that I always tell my students – engage in Mm self-care, right? Um, And self-care doesn't necessarily mean where you're doing something for yourself, right? Because sometimes our um, self-care activity or the thing that brings us the greatest amount of peace and calm and that helps us to feel rejuvenated is really working with individuals, right? Giving back, volunteering, whatever that might be for you. But I think the main thing would be um, engaging in self-care and being kind to myself. Um, Sometimes we, you know, we're caught up in, oh, we have papers to do. We have internships and we can't get everything done, but we're just still struggling to get through, sometimes it's okay to take a step back and say, you know what, all things being, all things considered, I'm giving this my best shot, and it's okay for me to take five minutes just to take a walk or just to put my ear pods in, listen to some Mm -hmm. music, just to breathe, right? Because we might be surprised how um how much energy we get after that those just 5 simple minutes mm-hmm. um right and just thinking about our overall well-being we've just experienced a pandemic and that was really really hard so i think the greatest piece of advice is um be kind to yourself engage in self-care and just being kind overall, as one of my mentors like to say, um, you know, we're all trying to figure things out. Every single day, we're trying to figure things out. So be kind to everyone that you meet. Um, you just never know what they are going through.
0: That's such a beautiful note to end this conversation on. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your advice and your wisdom with us and your research and your experience. We learned so much from these stories and these journeys and from one another as members of this community and as members of the social work community. So really appreciate your time and information about Dr. Lee's research and contact information um, for the school will be in the episode bio. So thank you so much, Dr. Lee, and see you
2: soon. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, so I'm so thrilled, as I mentioned in our intro, to be joined by Dr. Rachel Speer, one of our incredible um, GSSWSR faculty members. who's going to help us continue this conversation about trauma and trauma-informed social work. So Dr. Speer, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you could just start us off, I know I gave a brief introduction about your work and who you are already, but if you could just start us off with your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about yourself and, and some of your interests, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. My name is, well, as you mentioned, I'm
3: Professor Rachel Spear, and you, she, her, hers pronouns are Aya. Um, and yeah, I think I have been lucky to teach in the clinical track at GSSWSR. And then sometimes I've taught trauma informed social work and I'm excited to be teaching um a an elective course for called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Approaches. And so it's been fun to get on campus and get familiar with all the other faculty and students as you probably know, uh, Mary Florence, I, this is my second year here. So still kind of acclimating to Pennsylvania, having originally come from Colorado. So it's a little bit of an adjustment, but I think we're finally getting in the hang of it.
0: Yeah, that is a big change. It is a, a far way to travel, but also a big change for so many other reasons. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy, so happy to have you here. If you could just start off, I know you mentioned some of the incredible courses that you're teaching and the elective that's coming up, but if you could just start off, by talking about what trauma-informed social work means to you as a researcher, as a professor, as a practitioner, either one of those or all of them, <laughs> whatever whatever so- trauma-informed social work means to you.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting question because obviously um, we sometimes falsely dichotomize this micro-macro piece and more and more I think we're all talking about integration and acknowledging across you know, the systems. And so I think trauma-informed social work to me, represents being mindful of trauma at all levels, all system levels. And so thinking about it from the macro policies that we implement, but also bringing it down to micro the micro levels and thinking about individual experiences and ways that walking around and being in the environment may you know, may trigger them. It may impact their sense of safety. And so trauma-informed social work, to me, it's just being mindful of the fact that many, 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 if not all of us have had trauma at one point or another. I think a lot of us went through collective trauma with COVID, and there I imagine are still lingering effects from that, and who knows how long those will linger on for. But I think it's just keeping it in the forefront of the work that we do and situating the person and environment context, so that as we're thinking about how to serve these communities across systems levels, it's also thinking about how to, what role does trauma play and how we're thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate pre- appreciate that and I also love your language around kind of integrating that micro mas- macro piece and looking at how not only I know not only how trauma affects the individual but also the person inv- in environment that individual in environment but also the the collective and the community piece and how we as a collective or different groups collectively experience trauma so thank you for bringing in that that integration piece um, could you share a little bit about uh, your own research and insights you might have gained about uh, trauma from your own research or anything that kind of is coming up for you there sure
3: I think one of the you know my research definitely right now is focusing on in on marginalized communities and thinking about the role trauma plays so I just administered a survey for racial ethnic minority fathers who have children aged three to 12. And so it was looking at different measures of their own experiences related to their identity and also trauma. So getting some measures around adverse childhood experiences. I utilized the Philadelphia ACEs because that expands it a little bit more than the 10 items in a lot of that initial research, um, ACE research. I also included a measure on everyday discrimination to try to understand how do these experiences of discrimination impact parenting. And so I took, there was, there were a lot of measures I wanted to use for the survey, but given the length, um, you sometimes have to make decisions, but brought in a lot of different parenting uh, measures as well. So looking at parent-child relationships, paternal warmth. And so I'm really interested in understanding how how trauma impacts parenting, especially for fathers and and kind of focusing in on this, on the racial ethnic minority fathering. Um, another part of my research is looking at how different experiences of trauma impact queer communities. So part of my research is looking at the LGBTQ plus community, particularly you. So I have some research out there looking at differential impacts of intersectional identities on different outcomes, such as non-suicidal self-injury. I'm going to do another article on that soon. But one of the things that I've been getting to be a part of is trauma-informed design work. So I was really lucky. And I think they would. it would be interesting to have them join for a podcast at some point. But I was really lucky that my colleague from the University of Denver has taken a position with an architecture firm in Denver, Colorado. And she is their research director over there. And so kind of brought me in to to be a, a trauma specialist as they think about some of this work and do some of these presentations. But I am learning so much about the built environment and trauma and the ways that like if you think of... You know, how long we've been on this planet as Mm -hmm. species and how we've evolved, how very little in our human history have we been in such artificial environments. Mm, That's so interesting. Yeah. And so thinking about how does the body, when it's reading the environment and we're activating the stress response system, how is that impacted based on the physical spaces that we're creating and the physical spaces where we're learning or where we're working or where we're living? And so they've introduced me to the field of biophilia, which is essentially looking at how as humans, we have this innate need to be in nature and that being in nature is very healing. Mm. The work that they're trying to do in trauma-informed design is to think about how, when we're building these spaces, can we bring in these aspects of nature and other components that are important in terms of biophilia so that we are you know, calming the nervous system rather than triggering it.
0: That's so fascinating. What a cool project to be on too. I I remember when I was a social worker in, well, I am a social worker, but when I was working working for the uh, mayor's office in New York with survivors of intimate partner violence, one of the biggest things we talked about was trauma informed design in terms of how people came into our office and what we could do to make, more trauma-informed and have people feel more comfortable in a a multitude multitude of ways. But I think what was really challenging is we were kind of forced to be within this space that was absolutely not trauma-informed. So we were trying to adjust however we could. And that can be really hard, um, especially in a space that is just intertwined with so many different systems in so many ways so that's such a cool project to be a part of and what an interesting area you said biophilia is what it's called around connection okay that's so interesting i'll have to bookmark that for later because that's fascinating and something that is you talked about at the very beginning just as this world grows just trauma-informed work and trauma-informed and healing centered social work grows and evolves into focusing more on integration like how this um thinking around Trauma informed design and biophilia can really become more of a reality for so many places and organizations. It's really cool.
3: Yeah, and I think it's really connected to so many different um, mental health outcomes. Oh, totally.
0: (laughs) No, that's absolutely absolutely true. I completely agree with that. Um, Well, I I'm sure that you'll bring a lot of this into to your work and talking to students. But is there something in addition to kind of what you've shared with us already that you would want students to know about um, the trauma-informed social work course or just trauma-informed social work in general be a good thing for them to keep in mind?
3: Well, I think it's interesting because other programs have really had to play with that tension of whether or not we should be having a separate trauma course Mm -hmm. in, you know, MSW, MSS curriculum, or if this type of, given the ubiquity of it, if this Type of theory needs to be infused into all of the courses, and so I've you know been a student at different um universities and seen it play out in different you know departments and schools and I think it's imp- I have found that when we assume that it's going to be infused naturally into courses, I think what can happen is we end up not really giving it enough service mm-hmm. it enough attention or focusing on it, so I think it's really fantastic that there is a course specific at our, in our school of social work, looking at what is trauma, understanding the theory about it, understanding the person environment perspective and how that's connected mm-hmm. and then getting, um, I guess getting just a little bit more in detail about some of those theories and having an opportunity. I think it's a pretty th- theory oriented course. And, and it, what I also like about it is it does, it's a course for students across the curriculum. And so some of the courses we know in second year or for advanced standing year, Get separated into you know clinical track, and then the more macro oriented track, and so this is another opportunity for them to take classes together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually, and I love the way you're saying kind of pulling pulling it into its own course and really focusing on it. Um, also, doesn't mean that it's not in other aspects of our curriculum or what Dean Shapiro calls the. The kind of the implicit curriculum of the school, kind of how the school operates, different services that are offered, as well as the explicit academic curriculum, but having this one specific course dedicated to it and just really seeing how it is important across all areas of social work, macro, micro, and everything in between, um, I think, mm-hmm. it's, as you said, is really important for highlighting, highlighting that and highlighting those differences, but also highlighting where that all kind of, as you started us off with talking about, integrates together. Um, so I this is my favorite question, and it's our our final one for this for this mini, mini episode on trauma-informed social work. If you could, and this I, I can ask this in two different ways, um, if you could give us a piece of advice or give students, social work students a piece of advice who are interested in trauma-informed or healing-centered social work. Or alternatively, and/or, um, if you, what is a piece of advice that you wish someone may have given to you as a graduate student or as a as a brand new social worker? So it could be very specific to trauma informed work, or not, or both of those pieces. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's yeah, that's a great question. I think I try to remind my courses, but I think just coming in in general reminding ourselves that this is a field where we'll continue to engage in ongoing learning. And Mm -hmm. so we're not going to get everything we need at the end of an MSS or MSW program or any degree program, right? That there is going to be ongoing learning that happens outside of the classroom and outside of formal education. And so I think it's really encouraging students to start looking at what are other learning opportunities that they would like, what other trainings do they want to have? You know, I have a clinical background. So, you know, I think it's starting if they're interested in trauma work, which again, I think really most of us have experienced at this point, looking at different interventions if they're interested, right. And what are some specific interventions that they might want to get trained on after mm-hmm. finishing their program here? I also, I, you know, I mentioned this, I did not get trained in somatic experiencing, but it's definitely a trauma intervention that I would love to, to dig deeper into and actually mm-hmm. get trained in. I think it can be
0: a really powerful tool for healing. Yeah, Matt. we should do a whole other episode, I think, on somatic experiencing yeah. and just what, what that means and what that looks like for so many people. Because it also, I know it's, yeah, they, we could have a whole other conversation, <laughs> that will be so interesting. Um, well, thank you so much, Rachel. This is um, absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate your time and appreciate you joining us and you're sharing your wisdom with us. And we are so excited to see you in your elective course and in the trauma-informed mm-hmm. social work courses.
3: Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. And a huge thank you to Drs. Gusak, Lee, and Speer. You can read more about their work and research by checking out their faculty profiles on the GSSWSR website, which are linked in this episode's description. We are grateful to our supporters, Springpoint Partners, for providing the funding that has made this podcast possible, and to our producer, Emily Overhold. Have an idea for an episode or a design for our podcast cover art? Submit your art and ideas to gsswsr at That's gsswsr at Thanks for tuning in and see you in the community.